0: Hey everybody, welcome to Season 5 of What's IGN Crushing On? I'm Karen Welby-Solomon and I'm your host. And we're here to talk about what's hot in pop culture. Today's episode is brought to you by SynTech. SynTech is a technology company that sources and distributes industry-leading products and brands from around the world. And the gang is back together. Welcome, Leanne. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Hello, Karen
2: Welcome, Rebecca. Greetings. Is that a flight behind it's, you? It's an
1: airplane. That's... Do you know jet, jet setting out in the world?
2: What's an airplane? <laughs> Yeah, is it sound design or did I'm, you I'm just, just, I just land? I literally, <laughs> just it's me
1: arriving for the podcast. Look, the podcast. At that. Look at how I made it happen.
2: Nico, <laughs> nice,
0: yeah. Welcome, welcome. I love you, I love you comp- live, like in your gown. Look at all
2: the or, people, I'm in your gown. Go. <laughs> Cup of tea in hand.
0: <laughs> right. So so we've been away for, for about two months, I want to say. Around about two months. A lot has happened in that time. I am a lot tanner. Um, that's the most important thing that has happened in that time. After that, so we have an exciting new podcast that's also coming out soon. We partnered with South Africa's number one entertainment website, channel twenty-four, um, to create something special. And we can't reveal too much, but you know, keep a watch to their like social media pages, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, for more when that eventually drops. And, of course, we will let you know, too, because, you know, we're all up in the business. But we just wanted to let you guys – we wanted you guys to be the first to know because if you listen to this, you probably are a regular crushing on listener. But other than that, I mean, you know, the times I really missed the podcast was when – there was big news happening and I couldn't really discuss it with anybody um, other than my like five Twitter followers. So one mm-hmm. of the greatest things that happened during the summer holidays and Leo season and all of those things is that Benifer officially tied the knot. I mean, we, um, we've been rooting for them on this podcast and they finally put a ring on it for realsies. It's the true second reasons. time married for Ben. His first wife was, of course, Jennifer Garner. And then it's the fourth marriage for J-Lo. But it's the first marriage to her true love. So, you know, that's how we count it.
1: I believed in love until I woke up yesterday and found out oh. about Kim and Pete. <laughs> oh, God. What happened there? <laughs> they broke up. Kim and Pete. Can not make your face like that, please? Isn't like, no the funny guy.
2: <laughs> Like Pete, I that know. funny dude, with
1: the face. Pete Davidson. Did, face. Okay, firstly, oh. Bex, you did know they were dating, right?
2: Yeah, I thought it was like play play. I thought it was just because he was funny, and then it was just for like media purposes. Okay. Okay.
1: You <laughs> okay <laughs> yeah. No, <laughs> okay. I didn't think. Well. <laughs> I didn't think they were going to get married, but I didn't think it would be lies. You soon. thought they were gonna. You thought okay. they were gonna <laughs> get married. Nice, yeah. so, although so she has like kept- four kids and a lot of like baggage and stuff, like it's a lot, and he's Pete, so like it, it yeah. But I mean, mm. it's just I, I really liked. Okay, so what I what happened while while we were on break is I finally gave in because and started watching the Kardashians on on Disney Plus. Um, my husband came home one day and I was like, "I'm so sorry, it finally happened." And he heard the Kardashian voices and then he threatened to leave. It was like a whole drama. Anyway, um, because I had never actually watched an episode. I used to just like figure out everything via tabloid news. And it was actually so interesting because obviously in the new season or in the first season on Hulu, they cover the the start of the relationship and just how light and airy Kim is when she's with him. Like just she's like such a different person because she's so relaxed and she's just her authentic self and it's not like this pressure to be something or someone and so I just I really Mm. liked that for her I think like Mm. I just really enjoyed that narrative um so I am a little bit sad that they're that they're having to call it quits I mean their lives are crazy I don't know that it would have lasted much longer but like yeah I'm Mm. glad she got this time I mean she did admit on, on on the season that it was you know she was DTF. So. Yeah. But I mean, I think, I think what, what she said was that
0: she started out like that. But mm. but because she, you know, she didn't intend for it to be a relationship. And then they just got along so well that it became a relationship. So, I mean, that is good. And there's something I honestly believe. Like, I, I've been thinking about this a lot. And I was like, there must be something about Pete that is not just, you know, his... Um, He's uh, BDE, but more than that, like he's got it. And more than being funny, because I think a lot of people are funny, but I think that there must be something that's very likable about him that makes, because the thing is that he, it's not like, you know, Colin Farrell in the early 2000s where just all these girls had slept with him. It's Mm. more like these women are having relationships with him.
1: Yeah. So there must be a reason why. Was it? Um, It was a model lady. Uh, Oh, my memory betrays me. But she was on Jimmy Fallon, um, and she was. I think it was Emily. I can never say her surname. That one. (laughs) <laughs> um, she was on Fallon and she was saying because she had to do a shoot with Pete and she was like he's actually just genuinely a nice guy like everyone wants to know what the secret is the secret is uh-huh. he is just the sweet authentic down-to-earth person uh-huh. and I was just like yeah that makes sense like it, because like you said people might start chasing the BDE but it definitely turns into something deeper because yeah
2: yeah, and mm-hmm. a nice guy like that is probably difficult to find in a place like Hollywood. Um, you know, they're few and far between. I'm assuming.
0: Exactly. Yeah, and he's like, you know, he's he's obviously a very open person. Everybody knows like how his father died, and he's mm-hmm. been like, you know, he has he's like, and and d- during his stand up, he talks openly about his mental health problems, his addiction problems, and all of those things. So he's first, he's really open, and secondly, you know, he like he lived with his mother for like like it, well, his mother lives with him, and he mm, always make jokes yeah. about it, but, like, it's no secret also how close he is to his mother and his sister. I mean, his mother used mm. to be on, used to come and do skits on SNL with him. And, like, mm. um, so it's, like, you see how he treats his family, and, you know, it's just, like, he seems like the type of person that, you know, could be a very nice guy. I'm not going to lie, when he was, and he and Ariana were together, I was, like, what is this girl doing like, <laughs> <laughs> why, why are you with him? But you know, <laughs> these
1: girls um, be now, sibling, now, as you put it, that yeah. one time,
0: <laughs> yeah, these girls be settling. I mean, but um, but now you know, shame. Um, I, I understand the Pete thing. Leanne always gets us to talk about Pete such a lot. Like, <laughs> oh, <laughs> man, it's weird. What oh, it is? It's a psychology.
2: <laughs>
1: it's
0: just like
2: it's <laughs> um, yeah, the
0: psychology. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: for the <this> BDE. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and mean, you know, in some other news, we were chatting about this a bit offline, but you guys know I'm a big Bridgerton fan. I mean, we had an entire episode of the podcast just dedicated to Bridgerton, for um, sure. <laughs> but uh, Netflix is actually suing the creators of the unofficial. Bridgerton musical. Hectic. So, so do you guys know about
2: the unofficial unofficial Bridgerton musical? Mm-mm. I, I saw, okay. but I saw the news. Um, but mm-hmm. now I want to see the musical before Not actually really. seeing Bridgerton. Because I, you better, yeah, so, you go. So, <laughs> this
0: is my time to shine. Um, yeah. Uh, so, after season one of Bridgerton, so two theatre performers. I'm not quite sure if they're both performers or if the one is like a composer or something like that. But Mm -hmm. um, so I think, and they work on Broadway and the one was just like made a TikTok. She's like, imagine Bridgerton was a musical. And then she just started making up a song from like some of the dialogue. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And then people started like um, stitching it. So they also started like making their versions of it and adding to it. And then, so the original, I want to say, the names are Barlow and Bear, but I want to see if, um, I don't know which one, which one started singing and which one didn't. And then the other one joined, Barlow slash Bear, mm. joined is a friend, like as a friend came out and she started writing more music and the two of them started creating more songs. And in the end, they created an entire album based on season one of Bridgerton. <laughs> and initially, Netflix was quite supportive. They were like, because obviously, you know, any kind That's of fan easy. made production adds more exposure to what they've created. So they mm. shared it and it was, it was, it went viral. Everyone was talking about it. Everyone mm. was listening to it, like within the Bridgerton community. It just, it sort of like became like, kind of like Canon, like, you know, you watch mm. Bridgerton, you listen to the Bridgerton soundtrack, which is just mostly like, you know, like score, like, you know, orchestral scores of like popular songs. And then you listen to the Bridgerton musical, which is original music. Mm. And, um, and yeah, it did really well. And they sold, like, you know, the album is on Spotify and Apple Music. And it obviously did well. And then yeah. they won in February, they won a Grammy for <laughs> like a soundtrack, like from film <laughs> or TV. Um, the actual Bridgerton soundtrack was also nominated. Oh, and the unofficial oh. Bridgerton soundtrack won. Like oh, wow. that's that's how how. But oh, it was like, okay. still amazing because it was like you know that's awkward and, <laughs> and like um Bridgerton like like I mean Netflix was still like kind of okay with it. But what kind of changed things was that Bardo and Bear started doing these concerts. Um, called uh, unofficial Bridgerton musical album live in concert and they they had one at the Kennedy Center in America mm-hmm. and they were going to tour to I think like the UK and stuff like that and the thing is that now what's happening is that they're making money based on on intellectual property that is owned by Julia Quinn and Netflix and mm-hmm. without the approval because I mean it is yeah. unofficial so I mean I mean, I'm not a lawyer, so Mm, I can't exactly argue as to, you know, what is right and what's not. I mean, it's obviously a decision in suing them because now it looks a bit like sour grapes and Mm. um, looks like a situation. But by like, um, but yeah, so it's (laughs) so, so we, I don't exactly know who's right and who's not, because as I said, I'm not. A, a lawyer, but they see the musical, um the live in concert thing as a sort of like a threat to their to their own live event, the Queen's Ball, a Bridgerton experience, uh, yeah. which they had around the world. Then, so, um so yeah, so it's that, and like I also like you know maybe if they called it the Frigerton, um musical <laughs> because I mean I don't think I mean they can change the names in the songs, but the 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 songs that they wrote, the music, and the mm. lyrics, are, are relatively original. Yeah. Um, so, in my opinion, if they if they did if they took like Bridget and out, everyone would still know. Mm. But you know, just you know, toward with their music, I'm sure that would be fine. And not like and take the characters' names out of the song. But I mean, yeah. we have characters' names in songs that are not officially from. Like, I mean, people have spoken about like characters from movies and TV and songs that are not officially like. You know, connected to that movie, TV, or you know that sort of thing. So, mm. I think that for them, like, I mean, you know, Netflix is obviously the the kids with the money. So if you know if they if if it ends up being a problem for them, they can still tour with the music under a different name or whatever, because yeah. quite frankly, Netflix does not own those that music. It does not own their lyrics. Yeah, it just sure, the name. It's difficult. difficult. It's quite yeah. a
2: difficult thing because I my question would be like, how is this how much different is this from something like fan fiction apart from the fact that they're, they're earning, they're making money from it. Yeah. So that is the mm. only
0: thing. So they didn't have a problem with it before. I mean, even the, they didn't have a problem with the Spotify album, I mean Spotify, uh-huh. but the album, but what they had a problem was, was these concerts that they were holding that was making yeah. them, was them money. So, yeah. you know, the thing about fan fiction is that, you know, if, if fanfic if you were make, if you wrote a book, Based on um, Harry Potter with the characters' names that are Harry and Hermione and Ginny, yes, and it's not Man. and it's not okayed by the people. That is copyright infringement, and you can be sued if you wrote mm. that same book and you made the, the characters' name Shmary and Lamoni <laughs> and you know that sort of thing. that would yeah. be fine because you're not sure. technically using the <laughs> you know the the intellectual property. So yeah. yeah, it's 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 yeah. That's the yeah.
2: Thing. It's, it's a it's an interesting discussion then also about like um, intellectual, just the whole thing of intellectual property and how, like the the lines are not even clear even in today's where there's so there's so many laws for everything in place mm. for something like this with Netflix, the lines aren't even clear. Mm. So they were obviously like. Talking, just talking, just talking nonsense on in the middle of there. Like, why would you say something like that and not expect
0: um, backlash? I think Netflix was supportive
2: Uh. up until
0: they started making money. And we we also need to understand that there's different areas of of Netflix. So the marketing Uh. team of Netflix could be very supportive, but the legal Mm. team is not, or the events team is not. Also, it's It's worth
1: mentioning, like, it's not just Netflix. It's also Shondaland because it's her production company that's losing out. So, yes, it's in partnership with Netflix because it's a Netflix original, but it's very much also Shondaland that's kind of Mm. part of the suit.
0: But back to the good times. Today on the show, we were joined by um, Shamiz Patel Papathanasio. I'm still, like... (laughs) And I can say that, that I can say her surname and but um, so hey, those hey, of boys. you with a good memory will remember that Shamiz was on the show in during season one and that time you know she she maybe mentioned that she's a writer as well on the side and we spoke a lot about you know usual pop culture things but since then it's been two years Um, since then she has released her book The Last Feather and it has been making such a stir. People have been loving this book. I myself have read it and I loved it. Mm-hmm. I don't, you know, I don't, and, and it took me like not long to read, which for me is a sign that it's a good book. But I, I just want to tell you more about the book. So The Last Feather tells a story of 22-year-old Cassia, whose sister is dying and she doesn't know why. Soon after, Cassia wakes up in another realm. Not only does she find her missing best friend Lucas, but he knows how to save her sister. Meanwhile, Lucas is part of a community of reborns. People who were born on Earth and after death were reborn in this realm with magical abilities. The original beings of the realm, the first, rule over them. But to keep the reborn numbers manageable, the king of the first releases a curse to cull them and Cassia finds herself in the middle of it. She needs to break the curse before the time, her time runs out. Otherwise, she'll be trapped there forever. So I haven't read fantasy in quite a while, but I have this weird relationship with fantasy where I would be like, "Ah, oh, you know, I'm not really a fan of fantasy. And then I'll start reading like the first book in a series and read that whole series in like a week or something like that. Because um, you get so like, sucked into the world and this is what shamise <laughs> does really well she the world that she creates mm-hmm. is so intriguing so before we started recording i um i actually had like a list of questions that was just like me asking her oh, what is this ha- what happens if this goes on and how do you do this <laughs> like just like questions about the world which you just answered but we didn't obviously spoil anything on the actual show like we spoke about the book we spoke about you know various things about, but we didn't spoil any of the plot points, which I'm glad for because going into it blind is the best thing. Because I when when, when Chamise originally sent me the book, it hadn't been out yet. So only like a few people had read it. So I didn't know anything other than, you know, the official synopsis. So I started reading and I just like got enthralled by this world, by these characters. And I've already got like a crush on a character. And um, it was really fun. So I don't want to say any more. This is my chat with Shamise Patel Papathanasio. Hi, Shamise. Welcome back to Crushing On. How are you doing?
3: Hi, Karen. I'm well, thank you. How are you?
0: I'm good. It's, it's It's been a long, it's been two years since we last chatted. And yeah, a lot has happened.
3: I actually can't believe that two years have gone by. I feel like the last few years have sort of been stolen from me. Like, they don't count. I'm still 28 in my mind. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just, you know, as as I'm looking at
0: you now, I'm like, you know, the amazing news is that your debut novel, The Last Feather, has been released. I mean, and that's amazing. But also, you know, this is not what we're going to be talking about today, but, like, a whole Loki show happened while wow. <laughs> <laughs>
3: we're wow, really. getting another one. How, yeah, like, how between the two years. things are just working out for you, girl. I, it's it's my uh, what my two years. It's been my two years, even though I don't count it. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: so how have you been? Like how is how has this time been for you?
3: it's been incredibly exciting um, every every experience has been wonderful you know just finding out that I've got an interview with you every <laughs> single time a reader sends me a comment seeing mm. books and grammars you know do those beautiful flat lays with yeah feathers and cups of coffee my heart just it's been singing so I am exhausted but so happily exhausted
0: so tell us well or tell the the listeners, what The Lost Feather is about,
3: like how you explain it. My worst question. (laughs) (laughs) I, to first just point out the genre, it's classified as an adult fantasy Mm. and an adult epic fantasy because an entire world is created. But in my own opinion, which doesn't really count in the sense that it's not, I'm not a bookseller or publisher, I classify it as a soft fantasy. Mm-hmm. where it's um, not hard on the world building and it's character-driven and relationship-focused. Not only romantic relationships, but also platonic and mm-hmm. other familial relationships. Uh, the story follows Cassia Khan, who's a 22-year-old med student, and she's trying to figure out what's wrong with her sister. No doctor seems to know what's going on. And her best friend, who had gone missing four years ago, is suddenly in her dreams. Mm. Meanwhile, he's actually trying to contact her because he's been sucked into another realm and he knows how to save her sister. Mm. That's the intro at least <laughs> yeah,
0: so I mean, I know you you described it as soft fantasy, but when while reading it i like I found Celine to be. Quite, you know, like extensive and interesting how it was developed. So tell me where you got the idea from for the realm of Celine and you know the aspects of the place without you know, without spoiling anything. I just, you know, I'm trying to 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 maneuver my way it. <laughs> talk around, around this. it. Okay, yeah. <laughs>
3: okay. We'll be Thank clever you. about this. Yeah. Um, a few years ago I took part in NanoRimo, which is National Novel Writing Month. It's just the month. Of, it's in, it takes place in the month of November, where everyone is encouraged to write fifty thousand words during the month, which equates to about one thousand six hundred and sixty-seven words a day. I went in blind. I'd not plotted a single point, and. <laughs> and i met up with a few other writers at for a little kickoff party and they handed out these pieces of paper and said we each have to write our pitch pass it around and get some feedback on it and i didn't have a pitch <laughs> i didn't <laughs> figure out what i was going to be writing about yet and i just made something up on the spot and because i sort of i felt like i'd committed to this idea of another realm existing I dove in on the 1st of November and started Mm. writing about it. And it was complete trash. It was a terrible, terrible story that I'd come up with. But the world was created in that Mm. dumpster fire of a first draft, um, which I hadn't forgotten. And after all these years, the Celine Drum has been alive in my head with no one in it until... Cassia and Lucas, who are two fresh new characters that did not exist in NaNoWriMo, once they sort of snuck into my mind, they fit in the world so perfectly with their motives and their goals, and it grew from there.
0: Okay. So, you know, as you were saying, so where did where did Cassia and Lucas come from?
3: The Where did they come from? Oh, gosh. I... I this is a terrible answer because it doesn't give you anything, but they just sort of came into my head. It's just, they just, (laughs) (laughs) they just arrived. And that is how most of my stories happen is Mm. there's generally, it starts with two characters, um, whether they're love interests or best friends or sisters. um, It starts with two characters and it's generally focused on their relationship with each other and in this case it was Cassie and Lucas i won't delve into what type of relationship they've got with each other but <laughs> they definitely led the way on this one and oh uh, like you
0: know we can we can talk, we can not talk about the type of relationship but i mean it's very obvious that they have a very strong friendship like that yes to deny that there's like you can't deny that fact and you know, I I was quite intrigued by that because oftentimes when we when we start reading books, like regardless of genre, it's it's very focused on either one character and the internal relationship with themselves, or and then maybe a romantic character. But mm-hmm. Cassia was very focused on number one her family and her friends, and and I thought that was was such a interesting touch point for a female character. I don't know if I have a question in this or I'm just
3: <laughs> ranting to you. A comment?
0: <laughs> but just a comment. But I you know I I myself love that about Cassia because there's none of this sort of like, you know I'm looking for a boyfriend, I mean, I know she's a grown up and she's got real problems, but it's not like I'm looking for a boyfriend or I'm looking to 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 be the popular girl or whatever and nothing wrong with people who are looking for boyfriends mm-hmm. or looking to be popular girls but but for cassie, it's more than that and and yeah, yeah, I don't know Ooh, that's just me <laughs> spitballing and not there was no question attached to that
3: <laughs> well i've got I've got comments on it so so it worked sure go ahead um i I love Cassia. I know that she mm. is not um, not a very soft character. She's, she's quite stubborn and hard-headed. She knows what she needs to do, and she, she does it in the way that she believes fully is the right way to do it, even when it mm. might not be. I wanted to focus on... On, on all the, the different types of feelings and emotions and situations that somebody exists, because you don't only exist for a romantic relationship. And yeah. this is coming from somebody who adores romance. I mean, you know, you put mm. anything on in front of me, give me a book or a movie, I will have a couple that I ship within 0.3 seconds. Yeah, go And off. I will <laughs> ship them to the end and beyond the end, it was through the fanfic, Like I am there for it. But it's, it's all the other things that I feel make us sort of three-dimensional. It's the family that you grew up with and the friends that you made. And I, I felt that they were such a big part of her mm. that it would only be fair to focus on that. Um, mm. Not to say there isn't romance, which, like I said, I'm a sucker for it, so... Mm. Happen.
0: Yeah. And I'm glad it does without <laughs> saying too much. Um, <laughs> and another thing that, you know, a lot of things that, you know, like that have criticized, you know, people that have criticized fantasy and especially adaptations of fantasy is that, when you create new worlds, you can create anything and writers of fantasy and, you know, adaptations of fantasy tend to be very white skewed. And what I enjoyed about the last weather is that the world that you create is very diverse and, you know, it makes sense because I mean, you know, if you arriving in a new realm, you can arrive from anywhere and you can be any type of person, which makes sense. I like, so was that something that came natural for you that made sense to you when you wrote it? And, you know, it doesn't feel like it was like, Oh, I have to have one plus character who looks like this <laughs> and one plus character that look like that. I like, okay. This is how it would be.
3: I, I I, don't know if it's because I'm a person of color hmm. or if it's because, you know, South Africa is the rainbow nation. Yeah, <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I, I don't know what, but it did, it felt completely natural. Mm -hmm. to have people of different colors and cultures and not just that, but something that I've I've spoken to a few friends about before is even when you are of a certain culture or race, it doesn't fully define you. And I mean that in a sense that you can Mm -hmm. be, you can be Indian like like I am, but it doesn't necessarily mean that you do all the Indian um, Mm -hmm. traditions cultures or that you were even raised with any of those traditions or cultures in a mixed community you may you may have some cultures from um, some traditions from other cultures so Mm -hmm. I wanted people to feel represented without it having to be a stereotype
0: yeah perfect
3: I hope Uh, I did that
0: (laughs) yeah that's exactly um, what I get so what authors were you inspired by in creating The Last Feather I like think it ones. was
3: such a big mashup of sort of mm. just everything that I've read. <laughs> 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 um, I obviously, you, you know, that I have mentioned to you that I enjoyed the Akatar series by Sarah J. Mm. I enjoyed um, From Blood and Ash by Jennifer Al-Armitra. Both of those are fantasy romance, they're very heavy on the romance part of the fantasy. Mm. Um, even though they're targeted at young adults, I've I also really enjoyed Truthwitch by Susan Dennard, who is also YA fantasy but with a the more subtle romantic subplot. Mm. And I don't know if you got the sense while you were reading it, but I'm a big lover of rom coms, mm. <laughs> so I would I hoped to add a slightly modern and comedic voice in some of the situations.
0: Mm. So what, what if any areas of the story or the journey of Cassia, did you struggle with writing?
3: I struggled with, um, with hurting her, (laughs) Mm. Um, with making her fail when she needed to fail, which you'll, you'll know the moment that I talk about when you read it um I struggled with that because I knew how deeply it would affect her and mm. um and all the, the other people that it would affect I didn't it, it, it's a strange feeling how attached you can get to a fictional character and I remember writing a portion of the story and just like grumbling to myself and my husband was like what's wrong and I was like oh this woman she's just being such a sense of the word and uh, I was like but but you're writing her can't you just (laughs) can't you just not make her do that like no this is what she has to do but I just don't want her to Mm. do it so (laughs) I suppose when I'm like character don't do that it's stupid and Mm. then they do it anyway and that sort of it feels like the hardest part because you have built a character outside of yourself so just because you see something as logic is logical not to mm. do, it makes sense for their personality to go ahead with it. And so to relate to that personality to then know what steps they'll take afterward um, to still be true to themselves can be a bit tricky.
0: And so you, I'm sure that you also, you know, you want to protect her. And 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 for you, like you want to step between her and the decision, bad decision that she's making, but you can't yeah. because <laughs> because she has to do it in order for the story to go forward. Um, <laughs> I can yeah, imagine you,
3: you do also, you know, wonder to yourself how um, how readers would receive some of these things. Are they mm. as forgiving as as I am, or as the other characters may mm. be, um, or is if they mess up, are they going to go on to, you know, the leader's sort of hate list for a while? Or... Yeah. It's, 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 it's like, a fine line.
0: I mean, there's been a lot of pushback against like a lot of female characters for being, you know, quote unquote, Mary Sue's or, you know, not ha- like just being able to do amazing things and not, you know, having to train at it or, you know, just not like not be like, not being imperfect. So being perfect, of course, Karen. Um, but like, so did you struggle with, you know, give, you know, making sure that she has
3: that she's not a Mary Sue? I I didn't. I I already mm. knew from the beginning who Cassia was and she's not like me in in most of her ways. And <laughs> again, it's it's very strange to talk about these fictional characters as if they're real, but I knew that if if we were in a room together, we would be friends, but we would butt heads on a lot of things. And mm. <laughs> I already knew what our flaws were and where they would come out. So it was, she was, she was easy to date.
1: Mm.
0: Okay. That's good. So, so who would you cast to play the main characters? I would
3: like to know. Oh, this, <laughs> you're putting me on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> um, I ask this to my friends who have read it and I'm, mm. I'm going to ask you the same question. Uh, uh. for Cassia, uh I do have an idea that maybe Naomi Scott could mm. work. I think I think she's just just sort of fierce enough to to play the doll, but also soft enough to show the vulnerability that Cassia does eventually show. Mm. Um are you are you going to make me cast all of them? I <laughs> uh, <let's, let's laughs> I say okay um let's do
0: Cassia, Lucas, and
3: Lachlan. Okay. So just for my um, enjoyment. So for for I'm, Lucas. I'm, mm. For Lucas, it's uh I mean, it wasn't planned, I will say it, but the, the obvious choice that has come forward has been Matthew DiDario Oh wow, wow. Jacobi. Oh
0: wow, okay, okay. I,
3: I am can, I on can, board I with both. It. I, would, I, I mean, Netflix I if you're listening, <laughs> I'm okay with it if those are your choices. And strangely enough, I don't have anyone for Lachlan in my mind. I have him in my mind, but not an actor that I've seen. I have somebody sent through a suggestion. I forget his name. He's he's in the politician. He I think he he dies at the beginning.
0: Oh, but okay. Yeah, I was gonna. Oh no, I was gonna say something that was a spoiler. But um, <laughs> um uh, I know you're talking about the um he was also in Hollywood yes the, po- the politician hollywood <laughs> okay I'm googling this shit now um actor, <laughs>
3: David Corenworth yes, that's the one somebody somebody suggested it I'm not against it
0: okay i'm gonna i'm gonna think about it. I was just thinking I really also thought of i don't know if she's serious enough for the role of cassia, but like. Um, the Han from Never Have I Ever, like, because just the way she does her emotional scenes are so good. I, and...
3: I thought of her, but I I don't think she's got <laughs> that intensity.
0: Yeah, okay. I do
3: think if if we're <laughs> if we're just talking of um, sort of popular Indian actresses, I think Saman Ashley
0: could even mm. work
3: in the role. She's a. Isn't she a bit old though? I don't. Like, oh, but you know—I mean, she plays a teenager in sex education. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay,
0: we got to we 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 will also ask the listeners and readers well, who they think. Uh, yeah, I want to think about see Lachlan one, some more. I mean,
3: everyone wants to think about Lachlan some more. Yeah,
0: I want to think about Lachlan <laughs> some more, and who again? Who who I
3: would who I would put in that role? Oh, but, but um, uh, hmm? Lucas's mother. Yeah. Kate Blanchett. I've got it in my head. I think she'd do it oh, okay. amazingly. <laughs>
2: uh,
0: yeah, she does have that kind of vibe. <clears throat> <laughs> <laughs> um let's just go on before I before I go say something and I'm not sure Yeah. Um so if you could have any powers like a first or a reborn, what would you
3: have? What would you like? Can I choose more than one? Yeah, sure. okay. teleportation, undoubtedly. Mm. Can mm. you imagine with a price of petrol? <laughs> it would just oh, it would be amazing. And then if I think of load shedding, maybe the power power of electricity of somehow, then I'm sorted. <laughs> then I've got no more problems <laughs> <laughs> and then and then
0: finally, um, I want like I don't think we asked you this the first time you were on the show. I mean, I might be wrong. But I I don't remember asking you this. But who was your first celebrity crush?
3: My very first celebrity crush was Macaulay Culkin in Home Alone. Oh, wow. Um, I was obviously a child. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I will also add, just as a bonus that no one asked for, my first animated crush was Vegeta, which shouldn't come as a surprise to anyone.
0: Uh, <laughs> that is from Jaguar Z okay yeah <laughs> okay okay. thank you Shami, so much for joining us um, thank you on for the show. having
3: me yeah. and for reading um, The Last Feather uh, of course
0: I loved it um, I haven't read fantasy in so long and it was so easy to fall back into it with this so you know thank you for writing it And so where can listeners get the book
3: they can get it anywhere, apparently, which is awesome. So for eBooks you can look at all the usual Google Playbooks, mm-hmm. Amazon, that sort of thing. And online retailers, Loot, Take-A-Lot, and in-store as well. Exclus- Most exclusive books have copies, bargain books, Wordsworth, of course. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, if they want to come to the launch, they're more than welcome to catch me at Wordsworth in Willowbridge on the 26th of August. Where there will yeah. be some copies available. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Thank you so much, Shamiz. Thank um, you. We'll chat to you again. Bye. Awesome. That was our interview with Shamiz Patel Papa Thanassio. You can get your copy of The Last Feather in stores, online, as she says, you can get it everywhere. But also you can attend her the launch of a book on the twenty sixth of August at Wordsworth Willowbridge. I will be there. Leanne will be there. We will, you know, it's going to be a fun time. You can get a signed copy of her book. Um, But before we head off this week, let's do a little bit of a crushing on, you know, and guys, it's been two months. Please keep it short. One thing. um, (laughs) I know you want to list everything that you've been doing over the last two months. But keep that for your social media pages. I... um, (laughs) So let's go.
2: Um I'm gonna start with Rebecca. So Rebecca, what have you been crushing on? This feels this feels quite limiting to me because this is the only outlet for me. I'm not on social media at all. So it's gonna be like, oh no, I have to I have to I have to rattle it all off in like one minute. Um but I've been crushing on um Hans Zimmer, the composer, not because yeah. he's he's a good looker, because I'm sure someone could find him attractive. Um, but I, I've i been watching videos of how he's gone about composing the score for Dune mm. and I, as much as I don't want to like the music of an older white man, I just couldn't help it. Uh, he put a lot of effort into that um, and it's now put inspired me Hans to Curry. actually watch
0: huh? and he puts his whole Hans Zussi in that, in that score
2: <laughs> for what? I feel like you've taken me God. on a tangent here. She's not even asked <laughs> what God. it means. Oh, okay, I'm gonna no, Google it later and then get in touch with what's going on. I just all. made that word up. Okay, got you, got you, got you. Yes, all right <laughs> white man. Um, yeah, just how how much thought um, and consideration he put into the score has made me want to actually watch Dune now. Mm. Um, so I yeah, I've been crushing on that and. Yeah, I can I guess I'll share the rest of it on social, on Duolingo or something. <laughs> I'll keep the rest of it to myself. No, you can send us all Telegram. Too can Okay, what? I can. It's watch. Okay,
1: Rebecca, you can WhatsApp me on the WhatsApp. side. said WhatsApp. I said Telegram. <laughs> like yeah, he, yeah, he. You can WhatsApp
0: me. I have a, a on message side. from
2: Rebecca. <laughs> yeah, Telegram. Oh. This is what yeah. I like. Stop. <laughs> you guys. <laughs>
1: uh, okay, Leanne, what have you been crushing on? So I've actually been crushing on Bullet Train. Mm. I think ever since I saw it last week Thursday, it's all I've been talking about. People must be sick of me a little bit. And I swear it's not just because we are doing, like we did the the, the tickets for the screening giveaway it's actually just because I was so pleasantly surprised by the film. Like, it's funny. It's got great action. It's it's like a study in schadenfreude because I'm generally not one for gruesome things. Like, I avoid gratuitous violence. And there are, there are scenes that are quite, like, gross, but amazing. Yeah. Um, I'm um, just, the cast is insane. It's got Brad Pitt, Joey King, Aaron Tyler J- Alan, and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Aaron Taylor Johnson, Brian Terry Henry, Sandra Bullock, Zazie Beats, and Bad Bunny. But they are also insane cameos. Like at some point, you're just like, who else is in this? Oh, movie? no, don't tell me. I don't want to see that myself. No, that's, what I'm not going to tell you. I'm just like, <laughs> they, are, they are amazing cameos. I love um, cameos. And basically, it's it's like the thing where... So, obviously, Brad Pitt is an assassin. He gets on a train. There are a bunch of other assassins. But the way they do the storytelling, it's very fast-paced. It's very witty. It reminded me a lot of, like, like Snatch. It had almost, like, that sort of feel mm. to it. Like, there's a lot of moving parts. There's a lot of, like, stuff going on. But it all ties together wonderfully. And, like, yeah, no. Really, really good. Um, so, if you entered or if you didn't enter because you couldn't make the screening and you didn't win don't worry we have another amazing giveaway thanks to Sony Um, we're going to be giving away three exclusive bullet train movie hampers which includes a bucket hat because Brad Pitt wears one in the film, a bullet train t-shirt and a laptop backpack valued at over a thousand rand each so please check out our social media for more details and how to enter we've got three of those coming your way. (gasps)
2: I'm not allowed... To, we're not allowed to enter. No. <laughs> I know. Literally, How every stone. time I get the emails and
1: I'm like, look at the <laughs> prizes. I'm like,
2: oh, I need a new backpack. <laughs> oh, I need
1: a new bucket hat. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I need a new water bottle. <laughs> yeah.
2: Man.
1: Yeah, no, I know. Cool. Hmm. No, that sounds like a lot of on fun. you, I can't... Like actually- Have you been uh, crushing on everything? Anything? Um, you know, I I
0: must, like... To I must admit that I've been crushing on the last feather, like that's has literally been all I've been thinking of, and um, been like creating mm. motion in like things in my head, and talking about it all the time. But you know, other than that, uh, I've been listening to Beyonce's Renaissance over and over hey, again, and the Queen's cozy. remix with Madonna, and the remixes with like Will I Am, and all of them. I've just been every version of her music I've been listening to and I you know I'm obviously not as I love Beyonce with my whole entire heart and I'm not like as I'm not like beehive like because I'm not I, I don't think I'm that kind of standover over anyone but um, but what except for Jane Austen of course but like uh, but the thing about <laughs> Beyonce is that her music always I always feel like it takes me on a journey like I've like I'm, mm. I'm always like transported, and that's I'm like I, obviously Destiny's Child. I love Destiny's Child. I still love Destiny's Child. B Day was one of like one of my first CDs I bought with my own money, and Four is a CD that I like all of her albums, even the ones that people don't like. I genuinely like as well. So this, what I enjoyed about this album was that, I mean, I'm sure many people have said this already, but like the songs flow into each other. And if you know me, you know, Mm -hmm. I always like a good story. And I like albums that tell stories. So one thing I miss with, like, the Spotify and the digital music age is that because people, you know, cut and paste songs for, for, like, playlists or because people tend to listen to music on shuffle, like, the journey of Mm -hmm. an album isn't really enjoyed. And one amazing thing that Adal did, when her latest album came out, is that she she yes. had Spotify remove the shuffle option so that you listen to the album, like, through, which was autumn, amazing. Yeah. And, you know, back in the day when, oh, no, back in, well, they still do it now, but, I mean, when people only listen to music on, like, LPs you would have to play the entire record. And, mm. you know, the record was a journey. And, like, Renaissance truly felt like that for me. And I felt that during Lemonade as well, um... Mm-hmm. and Lemonade is probably my favorite Beyonce album, but this one, it was just, oh, it was, it's just so much fun. It's such, it's, you know, it's like, it's a party album. It's good. It it made me feel happy. And yeah, it's just, you know, I'm, I'm naming like the most popular thing in the world right now, but for me, you know, The Last Feather and Renaissance that's that that's just been all I've been doing lately. So say my TV hasn't been on in a while. Just been listening to music and listening to Renaissance while reading The Last Feather. You know, like <laughs> doing both of those at the same time. But yeah, that's that's my story. <laughs> so <laughs> thank you guys so much for joining us on the first episode of season five. Um, we have a lot more fun things coming at you this season. So yeah. Thank you for tuning in. Today's episode is brought to you by Syntech. Syntech is a technology company that sources and distributes industry leading products and brands from around the world. Me, you can find at Karen Walby on Instagram, at Karen Walbies with an S on Twitter, and sign up for my newsletter, Wildest Dreams at wildeststreams.substack.com. The podcast can be found at Crushing on Pod on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. You can find us at What's IGN Crushing On on YouTube, and you can find more information about this and all our other episodes on our website, CrushingOnPodcast.com. Send any feedback to mail at CrushingOnPodcast.com, and you can send us voice notes at plus two seven. Seven, eight, three, six, two, two, five, six, six. Join our Facebook group, Crushing On Club, where we chat about the show, celebrity news, recommendations, the whole shebang. The show was produced by me, Karen, as well as Rebecca Barches and Leanne Philipson. The show was edited by Rebecca Barches. Our logo was designed by Nathifa Marouf, and the show was created in partnership with IGN Africa. If you like the show, tell everyone that you can, any way that you can. Keep up to date with episodes by subscribing to the show on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Please rate and review the episodes on Apple Podcasts as it helps others to find the show. We'll be back next week with another in-depth conversation with a pop culture lover. See you then.